Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Industry Complex Cast. My name is John and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Chris. Hey. We're in a world where companions are still legal, so there's not a lot to talk about this week. We've got some things to talk about, but I, I think everyone's kind of holding their breath and waiting to see what happens still. So uh, we're going to talk about some stuff adjacent to uh, to companions instead of, um, instead of talking about Luris and Yorion. Well, too much at least. Um, so let's get into uh, our weekly roundup first off and tell us what you've been up to, Chris. Immedi- immediately diving back into the things we said we wouldn't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we've still been playing a uh, FNM on mm-hmm. via webcam via zoom where there's no campaigns allowed because they're not technically legal, legal in paper so <laughs> this week is the first week they'll be legal apparently so yep this is the big week where everyone's going to change their deck <laughs> yeah so i took Karns out of my deck this past week actually um just because see how things went and yeah I lost around for the first time in two weeks prior to that, I think. You were 8-0 or 6-0 or whatever? Yeah, something like that. With Karns in my deck. So clearly Karns is better, right? That's how it's that clear, works. Clearly. Um, <laughs> you want to tell them how you lost? <laughs> oh man, what did I lose? You lost to me. In- yeah, you lost to me. Everything last week together now. So, John, you were playing Esper Mentor. Oh yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that takes me back. <laughs> Esper Mentor in twenty twenty. So I think I lost to John partially because I didn't respect him at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So no respect, get wrecked. <laughs> that's that's how it is. Because whenever John loses to me, it's because he respects too much. You know, like mm-hmm. when he's playing around that force negation that wasn't in my seventy-five. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I and because John's usually playing some stupid fair blue control deck. So my hand was literally secure tribe scout and six lands. And I was like, you know what? This honestly might be fine. Wow, that's so rude. That's so unbelievably rude. You're a very mean, very rude person, Chris. Because, like, you had, like, when we'd been playing previously, you'd been on, like, Blue White Blade or whatever. Yeah, just garbage. And I don't think Blue White Blade can beat that hand. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Path my scout? Like, no, you're not going to path the scout. Powerful plays. So, um, my scout did get, uh, fatally pushed and I did the big die, but John had the biggest brain play, um, <laughs> the ultimate punish for my derby hand. He went turn one, fetch shock a watery grave. I'm like, oh, he's going to like inquisition to scout. <laughs> Be really sad. He goes thought season like, yep, here it comes. And he's like myself. Uh-huh. I can't imagine this is good for me either. <laughs> the old turn one thought sees myself. 
And so, Thalsies, you reveal your hand, so all can see. It's like, so what's what's John's plan over here? Well, as you can imagine, uh, he he uh, Thalsies is a mentor and has multiple unearths. Yeah, it's like what push unearth unearth <laughs> like some cantrips or something. Yeah, maybe like a cantrip. <laughs> only had the one land i'm like okay yeah so like that's just what's gonna happen like <laughs> play my scout and hope something good happens i don't know and i think i ripped you, the second land you rip the second land and you go like oh unearth push your scout I'm like okay fuck me <laughs> proceed to I've... draw another land <laughs> pass back to john and he's like aha Oh, I had second thoughts. Thoughtsies. Yeah. yeah, the second thought is like, oh, Thoughtsies, you! I was like, hashtag got him, hashtag get wrecked. You had six cards in it, right? Six lands, yeah. <laughs> I was like, imagine Thoughtseizing your opponent with six cards and having no targets. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess this works for me. Like, I mean, you got a token I, and a prowl trigger, so it wasn't the worst thing. And so, like, I had, like, an opt or something I could have played. I was like, man, really wish I just opted now. Yeah. <laughs> Dug for, like, my third land, because I think I'd, like, drawn a second mentor or something. <laughs> As you okay. can imagine, I, I didn't get there. No. It was, like, there was, like, a brief window where it was, like, a little worrisome, though. Like, there was, like, one turn I think you, like... I had, like, one turn to naturally draw, like, a titan or something. Yeah. And I did not. <laughs> did not. No justice. I had a T-West, which I had <laughs> to, like, transmute for explosive to kill mentor tokens to survive for a turn. Yeah. <laughs> Where I was dead to, like, a spell, and John had a spell. <laughs> yeah. Two spells for him. Yeah, you're bad. like, yeah, you're like, I'll scoop if you have a spell, and I'm just, like, bobble serum visions or something like yeah. that <laughs> hold them up to the webcam <laughs> game two I, I played a little bit more magic but I, I don't remember exactly what happened but I got pretty erect again yeah man just uh, putting monastery mentor on the battlefield for one mana is pretty good turns out yeah you had an ashiok game two which mm, yeah I did have an ashiok yeah was slightly problematic card is good that deck is just the deck is better than you would think it is. <laughs> I feel like like that deck people were like playing with it. Like um, um, what's the guy that um he was playing Amulet a lot for a while. He's like an SCG grinder. Um, Edgar Edgar Magahal is yeah, Maga Hayes. I guess Maga Hayes, right? I... Um, I was uh was tinkering with it, and then like I think like that was right before people figured out that Hagak was just busted in half. <laughs> yeah, because it was like Unearth was in Modern Horizons, right? It was how yeah. we got it. Yeah. And so like people were like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then people were like, it's the Hagak meta. And then it was like into the, it's yeah, like so the you're the sitting there with your Esper mentor deck you're like, ha, 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 ha. I'm gonna like <laughs> unearth my mentor hat. There's like a level Or like Leyline <laughs> of the Void. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! And then like the Hagak decks were like playing like what Leyland of Sanctity, right? So that like they didn't get like like relict or no, they they played Spellbombed or whatever. Um, Leyland of the Void's main deck. Yeah, because a 
it beats the mirror, and B, it makes it so you can't remove their bridge from belows from oh, the graveyard because yeah. your guys don't die. <laughs> yeah, so yeah and then anyways we like moved into like the urza meta after that i think and so like no one ever like picked the deck back up um and it's so weird because it actually plays kind of like a Luris deck where like you're just like trying to cantrip a lot and then like you know like recur cheap powerful threats like snapcaster mentor and jace vp which is like kind of how a Luris deck feels where you're like trying to stick this sweet three drop and then like get value off of it and like the the supporting cards that are good in the esper mentor deck like you're playing bobble uh and you're playing unearth and you're playing a bunch of cantrips and like discard and removal it's like it just feels like a fucking esper luris deck it i could probably play the deck with luris but you couldn't play mentor i guess is the problem so i guess the deck falls apart <clears> at that point i wonder if like a luris pyromancer deck would be sweet no because it doesn't trigger off a bobble man unfortunate yeah pyromancer is permanent's not so yeah bummer they got us that would be probably busted in half though if that worked you play any spell from your game no if just like mentor like worked in loris deck somehow that's just mean if mentor was like two mana yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) that's quite good (laughs) (laughs) impressive cries in vintage uh but yeah uh so (laughs) how's your magical world been aside from the fnm where you got brutally wrecked by me because you did not respect (laughs) <laughs> i beat everyone else though i always play steven too which is hilarious always. i play steven every single week and i play gunner most weeks too and gunner no matter what he does plays a deck that gets absolutely fucking destroyed by amulet titan <laughs> so is he you- just like given up i've had people like that before that just like they always play decks and always get beaten by your decks and you get paired and they just you can just see them like Ugh like wither like you just see the life like the it's like the fucking pikmin like when they die and the little spirit like floats out of their body <laughs> that's that's what it's like when they like sit down next to you or get across from you that's what dan does dentist dan oh yeah <laughs> and it's not that like it's not that dentist dan plays decks that are bad against me it's just i always savagely luck sack dan <laughs> out of every single game of like sanctioned magic that i play with him <clears throat> it's ridiculous you're a bad person. And the higher the like the stakes, the more savage the the Luxaki is. <laughs> like uh, I'm pretty sure I think I beat him in a I think it was that PBTQ that I, I beat Dan on my way to top eight that I eventually that I actually won to get my invite to the RPTQ. Mm-hmm. And I'm I turned too hive minded him. <laughs> what? what the fuck? And he was on blue white. So yeah, no green mana here. Wow, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> but yeah, so like Gutter plays like stuff like black white tokens. Yeah. Not so good against the trampling uh deck that tutors engineering explosives. He's been playing like mono like just mono burn lately. Yeah, and then he's been playing burn, which is another like So he's gonna be on Luris Burn now. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that changes a whole lot. <laughs> Probably not. If anything, it makes it better for me. Because they're playing garbage like Bobble and Seal of Fire. <laughs> yeah, Seal of Fire is really bad against Amulets. <laughs> like, all you've done is made your deck slower, which is not the direction you wanted to go. And it's like even further away from killing like relevant stuff like Dryad. Like 
gets like two damage off instead of one damage off, like a bolt. Yeah, like a bolt can, effect. Like, bolt seal, seal fire doesn't kill Titan anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Big oof there. You know what it does kill though, Chris? Kills kills things with five toughness. You gotta tell us about some five toughness creatures that you've been playing lately. <laughs> You know, we, we said we wouldn't talk about companions, but um, <laughs> I've been screwing around a lot online. I haven't played, man, I haven't played a league in a, quite a while, but I've been playing more MTGO than I have been recently. You're afraid? <laughs> kind of. Don't let your memes be dreams, Chris. Because <laughs> I've been busy memeing in the tournament practice room with Yorion Amulet. <laughs> 80 card amulet. Every card you ever wanted to cut... Put it in there. Put it in the deck. Which isn't true, because there's still more cards. Because <laughs> you got what? You got Karn? Yeah, so there's like the, there's like a whole Karn package you could play if you wanted to. Um, like you could still, if you wanted to still play like Hive Minds or shit. Um, like Stirrings, Explorers, like you don't have room for all this bullshit. Oh, because you have, to, you have makes to play, the cut. You have to play more lands too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I realized about the Yorhan decks. It was like, oh, wow, you get 20 extra cards. And it's like, no, you get, like, what, 13, 14? So in in playing, a normal deck. Yeah, so right now I'm on 39 lands. <laughs> so I got 11 non-land cards to play with. So all that really did was, like, extend play sets of Azusa's. Like, so there's four scouts, four Azusa's, four Dryads. Yeah, because you don't want to be less consistent, right? So yeah. you have to, like, go up on your like cards that you like were already making the cut but weren't four of us because you had to jam other shit in <laughs> yeah so like all the cards you were trimming you just don't trim anymore mm -hmm. no wayward sword two showing up here no definitely <laughs> not making the cut um but then it's like so i was trying to like streamline the deck as an 80 card deck and i kind of hit this wall where At the end of the day, to make the best Amulet Titan deck, you just don't play Yorion. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. So I had I had to like take a step back and reevaluate my my goal here. My the goal is not yeah. to make the best Amulet Titan deck. It's the, the the way to build a Yorion deck is you don't want Yorion to be dead. You want your you want to get value off of Yorion no matter what you're playing. My goal should be to make the best Yorion amulet deck yeah yeah not the best amulet deck <laughs> two very different things <laughs> yes so due to that because i was I, I i found like not found but everyone knows about elvish rejuvenator right mm -hmm. uh, it was very popular in the pioneer field of the dead decks which is kind of what it's this good, deck ended up with card like. yeah uh, looks like now it looks kind of similar to that um pioneer deck so I wanted to play more cards that were online with the game plan, but also interacted favorably with Yorion, which is Elvish, Elvish Juvenator fits the bill on that. Yeah, that card's so pretty those, good. Those who don't remember what that card does, <laughs> it's a three mana 1 1 Elf Druid. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you look at the top five cards, and you can put a land from them into the battlefield tapped. The rest go on the bottom. So it ramps you, and it digs five deep. It's basically Ancient Strings that puts the land into play. Right? So my list is actually playing Zero Strings right now. Which 
to some is blasphemy. But the thing is, when you have 80 cards in your deck, the odds of you finding your amulet off of it are much less, which makes playing the card seem not as good. Right? So instead of playing Stirrings, I'm playing a card to synergize with the Orion, which is part of the meme, so why not? <laughs> uh, also, going along with the meme, we're playing Oath of Nyssa in place of the one-mana cantrip of Ancient Stirrings, because it also interacts favorably with the Orion. Also, finds garbage like Elvish Rejuvenator. So you're just saying that Once Upon a Time wouldn't make the cut, even if it was legal? Uh, no. <laughs> Once Upon a Time would still be even the cards, Once Upon a Time is insane. Fucking busted. <laughs> oh man well you just gotta play lay of the land then man no no card's bad <laughs> card is very bad card is really bad um yeah and so i'm also playing a one of trinket mage get you an amulet get you an explosives get you a ballista do you um, have the list so i can show the people on youtube it's the same list that I linked in the Discord a while back. I think I threw it in general. That's just a screenshot. Let's see here. I can just repost a screenshot if that's probably easier. General reposty. Anyways, so you've been savaging people in the uh, the tournament practice room with your, your masterpiece. Yeah, and so the thing is, it's a meme. It's definitely a meme. But I've been winning a lot. It's Amulet. You're in the tour tournament practice room. This is no surprise. But I've been winning way more than I feel I ought to be. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some... I've seen Yorion do some really gross stuff when I've been watching you play. Just like... Really, really gross stuff. Yeah, so I'll just dump it in, I guess, our general. Sounds good. Show the listeners at home just what you've been up to. <laughs> what sort of mischief you've been uh, getting into. So this is how it stands as of this moment. Uh, not to say that this is the optimal amulet Yorion deck. <laughs> but not optimal. Well, we don't want to share that then, Chris. So I think the most obviously suspect card is this um, sideboard Mindslaver. <laughs> um, and if I were playing Karns, I think it's 100% defensible. Because we get to play Academy Ruins and not feel bad about it at all. No Karns here, huh? No, I don't own Karns online anymore. <laughs> Do you want me to rent them for you? Might be sweet. Try Maybe then I'll run a league. <laughs> Maybe. But um, I smell um, video content. It it may not like a Karn version may not even be the right way to, to do it either i don't know hard to say karn seems pretty decent at the moment though um but uh instead we're playing hour of promise tucked away behind those packs that packed pile um just because i wanted a little bit more threat density but after thinking about it uh perhaps 
Our promise should be a different five toughness creature. Golos. Oh. <laughs> Tireless Pilgrim. Oh my god. Golos, huh? Yeah, when I was referencing five toughness creatures, I was thinking of Yorion, but Golos is... Golos Chef... is, a, is a five... Chef's kiss. So the, the cool thing with Golos is it's an ETB, so it interacts favorably with Yorion, right? Which is part of the meme, part of the plan. And you can go get any land with it, right? So you can go get a Field of the Dead, which is typically the that like proactive strategy land you'd be getting here. Um, or like a balance land to pick up a T West or something like that. Or you know, Bug, I guess. But so say Bug, say if you I get guess. Field of the Dead, right? And you have like an Azusa in play, or or you have a Dryad. So say you have Dryad and Golos. So now you can activate your Golos because you have Wooburg, because all your lands are all basic land types. And since Golos says play you can play the lands you hit off Golos because you have extra land drops because you have Dryad. Which makes zombies. <laughs> I see. Right? Isn't that hot? It's pretty hot. And so you can, like, activate Golos, and if you hit, like, land, land, primeval titan, like, oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> huh. Yeah, but uh, Yorion, I guess... Just this is kind of a thing about campaigns in general. Just having a creature all the time is really good. It is, yeah, because I feel like a lot of your games you just like you lose because you have a bunch of lands, and then you're like, yeah, I just no creatures have a bunch of lands here, and nothing to do. And <laughs> I've won a lot of games just by playing a Yorion for no flicker value at all. It's like what a four or five flyer, like yeah, I just here's a four or five flyer on turn three and just whack them a few times and they die, and it's a flyer. Yeah. It flies. It's like, evasive. Like. So I can like clog the ground with all these garbage like rejuvenators and grazers and what have you, and then just race them with this stupid flying idiot. Even Dryad blocks well. Yeah. And I even like double striked my Yorion. <laughs> Crack in for eight. Woo! It kills him pretty fast. Hit that that flample. Or no, it doesn't have yeah, it does, right? No, no, it's not no, flame. No. It's, it's flurst, flurst strike. Flubble, flub, flubber strike. Flubble strike. Flubble strike. Yeah. But when you do get value off Yorion, it is so sweet. God, so what was the game? Let's lay it out for him so they can understand. We had the game we just played before this, where you had like nothing going on but a bunch of arboreal grazers. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I had an ambulance, some lands, some grazers, and like a beast within and a, a dismember. beast within and a dismember, because you know, got to beat the control deck sometimes, right? And so <laughs> I'm like, man, we have no threat. Like, should we just play this idiot Yorion and just beat him with it? Like, yeah, I guess. Like, wait, it's better than that because our opponent didn't have a turn two play. <laughs> so. We can play Yorion, bouncing our arboreal grazers. <laughs> or flickering them. Flicker the arboreal grazers. And then replay the bounce land, untap it, pick up another land. With play. with the grazers. Yeah, with the grazers. And then and that land speed. will come into play off the, the second grazer. So I have three mana up, and I can just beast within him on his turn. 
And then because I'm an idiot, I didn't stop <laughs> his um, upkeep. <laughs> I couldn't even beast within his land. So we like we like backdoored into the even better play because you're bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm I'm trash. I, I missed my stop. I, I didn't make a stop. My bad. Because we so want to get- fulminator mage. I'm like, huh? Fulminator mage, huh? And John's like, you just beast within whatever land he fulminator mages. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> so he's like, oh, kill your ghost team. I'm like. Make it a 3-3. Three, three. Untap seven. seven. With this member in hand. <laughs> Against their Obosh deck. Like, yeah. You know. It's like, your turn, what are you going to do? And he's like, um... Here's an Obosh. Obosh? And like, dismember it? Seven? seven. <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing. And that's like pretty minimal value that was terrible that was an awful fucking game if you didn't have yorion that's like guaranteed loss oh yeah i lose big time yeah easy loss but then there's the <laughs> the, the match against burn <laughs> so i start the i start the turn with azusa azusa summit grove chamber it was grove chamber right no there's just it, it was it wasn't a I don't think it was a growth chamber. It was it's just like a, a forest. Land. I got I got just a land. Yeah, a, yeah. a land in an amulet. And I ended the turn with oh god, I have to like go find the screenshot. You had seven lands, one of which was a radiant fountain, one of which was a bajuka bog. <laughs> you had oh, a primeval. He was burn. You yeah, his Luris burn. So we bogged him to make sure he didn't play Luris and get value because he it was like going into like turn oh, four or something, here right? Go. Here we go. It was like <laughs> it was your turn three on the draw. <laughs> so, so I I end the turn with um, what are the four? Yeah, so seven lands, two of which are radiant fountains, <laughs> a Bajuka bog, so he gets no value of his Luris, um, a Colony Garden. <laughs> And the the haste land in Borosgares. Yeah, then you had Titan Azusa Yorion, right? I had Titan Azusa Yorion two grazers. <laughs> two grazers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like this is your turn three on the draw, and you started with Azusa Amulet Land as your as your battlefield, and they had uh what a Swiss spear or a uh I think it was a, they had like a prowess I think, creature, I think he right? Blocked. Um, my Titan with a Goblin Guide or something. Oh, that's right, yeah. Guide. And Goblin Guide revealed no lands. <laughs> For, like, what, three attacks? Because yeah. it was his turn one play? Yeah. Yeah. Went 15, 24, yeah. What a game. Yeah. Yorion's Berserk sometimes. <laughs> I, like, play a Titan, attack him post-combat, Yorion, my Titan, and my Grazers. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I mean, Deck that's a very win more scenario, but it was really gross. Sometimes you gotta flex on him. And the Bajuka Bog was purely BM. Nah, man, it wasn't BM. You gotta cover your bases. Go. No, I feel that it would have been way better. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would have had at least four zombies. Like, four zombies, or you get to replay. A seal a fire or a goblin guide, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, this deck's sweet. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
And so, like, one thing people were bitching about Amulet's like, oh, it's getting more streamlined, it's too easy, the lines are too simple, you just play Garen Brig and play a Titan and you win the game, blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> now with 80 cards in your deck. <laughs> oh, man. You gotta think about how to make your shitty cards do the thing. Restrictions breed creativity. Or something along those lines. Is this a restriction? <laughs> so while campaigns are terrible for the game, I'm having fun for the time being. <laughs> yeah, I think that's been like, I think for most people that are playing companion decks, like they are very fun to play with. They're just not going to stay fun forever is the big worry, right? They're fun when you're memeing. Yeah. When you're spiking, it's probably a lot less fun. Yeah, my experience with the spiking playing Loris decks has been, I like play really late at night, mostly at like 1am plus is when I do my leagues. And I just hit mono anti like Loris decks. I played like Loris Delver and, and Grixis Loris Delver and Legacy. And I didn't play a single companion deck. And I just played like mono Loris hate decks. It was, it was awful. I played against lands. I played against the, 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 titan deck <laughs> like that from evil titan deck uh i just played against so much chalice of the void it was unreal and like oh man yeah yeah it was not fun it was a very unfun league speaking of legacy i recently um acquired legacy elves online again to screw around with um so i took the list of hello newton guy who uh queued for the pt playing elves in legacy like yeah. a god our hero and i noticed that he was not playing a single reclamation stage in his entire 75 <laughs> which i abruptly which was made abundantly clear to me when i queued up for my very first match online and got played against um mono red prison and had literally no way to deal with anything ever <laughs> chalice Oh, well. So, I determined that not playing Rex Age was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, and so I just played it in the main deck as a sixty first card because that's how you. She <laughs> just went down to sixty one. <laughs> Don't want to mess with anything. We'll just go up to sixty one. Yeah, I've talked about this in the past. I've been playing sixty one card elves for a very long time. You're pretty agree. Yeah, you're pretty bad about that. Like you really like the sixty-one card elves lists. It's um, elves I mean, is definitely a deck you can get away with it in, compared to like most other decks. Yeah. So previously, the sixty-first card was a scavenger news. Oh, is the Scoos okay? I thought you were playing Nissa as like a sixty-first card for a while. Yeah, but that's mostly as a meme. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the card's good. Like, I'm yeah. sideboarding the card like legitimately, but um, in the main deck, it's kind of a meme. <laughs> but um. Because the thing about my my assumption is that because he's playing Lurus in the sideboard to like transition to a Lurus deck, that's why you don't want to play Reclamation Sage because you can't play it in your Lurus deck. Oh but, yes, you didn't clarify that little wrinkle to the the Elves deck you're playing for the listeners. It's, I talked about it last. Episode, did you? But, oh, maybe you did. Yeah, it's a Lurus Elves. Yeah, it's a Lurus Elves deck. So he, he was saying that when you play against um the you know like Delver Lurus decks, you just sideboard out Natural Orders and the targets. And just become a Lurus deck to like fight their Lurus bullshit with your Lurus bullshit. And I think it, I would imagine it works fairly well. I don't know. I Elves was, I would say, favorite against Delver pre Lurus. 
Um, yeah. As long as they weren't playing Plague Engineer. And then when they play Luris, they can't play Plague Engineer. <laughs> I mean, I felt pretty good about the matchup when I had Deathrite Shaman. Yeah. Uh, I felt pretty good about that, the Delver matchups. But then when that went away, it became a really dicey. And I basically just stopped playing. I just didn't play Legacy. Yeah, I stopped seeing Elves around a lot after Deathrite got banned. And then I stopped playing a lot of Legacy too. So because immediately after Deathrite got banned, they went and printed Plague Engineer and Renin Six into the format, which was like yeah, I took a long fucking break from Legacy when all that was happening. Yeah, that was a disaster. I mean, Plague Engineer's still around, but I think it's not as played as it. Right, right now, it's definitely been. it's definitely not right now. Yeah, if you're playing Luris, right, you can't even play the cards. So. Yeah. So if if now if there ever were a time. For the little green men to, to poke their heads out of the you know the graveyard again. Well, now is the time. <clears throat> but yeah, so I figure since you're you're already playing like Crater Hoof in your main decks, you can't you're not playing Loris game one. Just throw the Rex Age in the main deck, so that way you don't lose to these stupid Chalice decks game one. Because there's no like the deck has no out to Chalice in the main deck. Yeah, at all. There's one Cavern of Souls. Which I guess is like, oh, you hope that you can stick your turn one um, Reclaimer to fetch for your cavern to maybe play magic? It's like not, not ideal a thing. Yeah. Especially since half the Chalice decks are Blood Moon decks too. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, but playing Elves Alliance has been pretty fun. Although clicking is terrible. <laughs> and if Moto's lagging at all, it's even worse. It's like click heritage druid pause oh. click elf one pause click elf two pause the worst is click when elf you're three the pause the worst is playing cards like intuition uh or like gifts ungiven when moto is lagging anything that makes you like select multiple things in a yard or like surgical extraction or in a deck i mean like because if you click too fast it just doesn't register yeah it just doesn't work yeah. so i'm like click 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 and then the first one highlights and then that's it yeah. just sit there burning so much clock it like doesn't queue up your input away. it just like tosses it out <laughs> it's like nope this didn't happen yeah while executing first thing no other things can happen yeah or get in line to happen yeah that's like, easy. i had to like learn how wirewood symbiote works online <laughs> like you get to click it and then you click the thing you want to untap and then you click the elf you want to return you don't click the one you return and then the one you want to untap. Order of operations. Otherwise, you just like bounce the thing you wanted to untap and you're like, oh. Guess I'll Whoops. die. Oh, man. So I. I haven't cast Lurse yet, though. <laughs> I guess I. I don't know if I did. So Lurse, bad card, unplayable. Anyway, what have you been up to, John, in your magical world? Uh, so yeah, at FNMs, I've been playing Esper Mentor for like the last two weeks. I only played one round the week before last because I was like a backfill for someone dropping. And then I actually played the whole event last week and uh, I went uh, three and one. And so my match, uh, I did a for fun match the week before last um, against uh, our friend Sam, who's been playing four color <laughs> snow control still, like Iceberg with Uros, and we played for fun after the event where i only played one round and i realized very quickly that the matchup is un 
winnable. <laughs> like, it feels like low teens at best. <laughs> like, it, yeah, the matchup just feels awful. The sideboard as I currently have it does not help. Like, it's just like it's just a an un an unsalvageable matchup. <laughs> and so we got paired that this week's FNM, the last round for you know undefeated. And yeah, I just got savaged. Just it's just impossible. Like even in the like the games like go like one of two ways. Either I have like the early like thing, and it's like oh I'm like doing my thing. Like I got a mentor into play, and then made some guys, and then it's just like he just like picks it apart, and I and then I just lose. Um, because he like snowballs value, and I can never come back into the game. Or I have like the value-oriented setup with like the you know unearthing Jace, Ferns, Prodigy, and Snapcasters, and you know like cantrips and card advantage, and I just get blown away by Uro, just blown away by the card, like just can't beat it. Like, yeah, <clears throat> it's just like neither like either way the texture of the game goes, it's just like an unsolvable matchup, like with, with how I'm currently configured at least. So, so that was fun. Um, and then I've been playing a lot of Moto. Uh, I've been playing all sorts of different Lurus decks, basically. I've played uh, Grixis, Lurus, and Grixis, Lurus, Delver, Grixis, Death Shadow, Lurus, um, Blue Red, Lurus, Delver, and Modern. Um, I've played, I'm in a league right now with uh, Blue Red Counterbalance Control <laughs> in Modern with no companion. Um, which is definitely a bad deck, um, but it's sweet. <laughs> um, and then in Legacy, I played Grixis Lurus Delver. I only did one League of Legacy. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of Lurus decks. Um, it's been fun. Lurus is sweet. I think that Grixis Lurus Delver is the best deck I've been playing. It feels really powerful. Uh, it's nice to actually have Delver be viable in Modern. Um, you could do like sweet stuff with um bobble and delvers, man. You like you like bobble yourself on your opponent's turn and it's like, oh, if there's an instant or not an instant, you can like stack the triggers so you get like an extra go around at uh, at uh, at flipping the delver, which is pretty cool. Cuz like if it is an instant, well, you, you like you do the delver and then the bobble and if it, you know, if it it's not, then you do the the draw first and then you check for the delver, which is uh fun times. You look very nonplussed. Every time you you have a Delver and you like, oh, would you like to reveal Mishra's Bobble to Delver of Secrets? Uh, <laughs> it's just like, uh, man, that has to be. It feels pretty bad. feel bad. It feels really bad. It feels really bad. <laughs> but then it's like, uh, oh god, it's like the meme of like the guy looking like really excited. It's when you have the the, the Sprite Dragon with the Bobble and you're like. It's like, yes. <laughs> feels really good. It's like spending no mana to grow your sprite dragon. <clears throat> good shit. The sprite dragon's berserk, dude. Like, I saw a list where they like took the delvers out and they're just playing sprite dragons and uh, spell star sprites. It's like, oh, that's hot. Kind of want to try a league out with that one. It's like because everyone, it's like everyone's playing like zero through two drops, right? So it's like yeah. spell stutter sprite just fucking hammers everything, and then it's like, yeah, 
It's cool. Wait, John, we haven't brewed Just Guy Dragons again. Oh, yeah, you're right. But we played Just Guy Yorion Dragons. This seems bad. There's not enough good cards. It's like we've already had, like, struggled to find enough good cards. <laughs> 20 extra cards. Like, I guess the mana is free, but the rest of the deck, it's just like, uh, bad. Very bad. You can, I guess you, you can Yuri on your garden elk. But you put in four four uh, sprite dragons. <laughs> that fills up some of the slots. Now playing a eighty card Solomgar Scorn deck is probably not the way to go. Solomgar Scorn is like okay ish right now, probably, but <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Seems not ideal. Uh, I was brewing up like uh, like a Just Guy Luris Delver deck with uh, Tony the other day over the weekend, and it was like we were like trying to like figure out like what threat package we wanted to run, and it was like, yeah, man, we just like we can play Myth Realized, <laughs> another one drop threat. Oh man. And then it was like, do you even want to play Delver? It's really interesting. Um, I've always liked Myth Realized together with Thing in the Ice. Because they um they synergize well, because it's like you know the thing flips, but your myth realizes in a creature, so it doesn't get yeah, bounced. It just sits there. Um, but like sprite dragon and myth realized pair really well for the same reason. Just like they but, both. <clears throat> but sprite dragon a thing in the ice, not so much. No, not at all. <laughs> so that's kind of a bummer. But it is toying around with various ideas. But it is like lightning, like playing a lightning helix deck seems pretty decent right now. There's so many Yorion Restoration Angel decks running around, too. Yeah. Which is why you want to be playing Path to Exile. I guess. It's really gross if you think about it. What, Resto Yorion? Yeah. Yo, it's absurd. You just get to, like, flick a wisp your entire fucking board every single turn. Well, you played against the, the guy that was, uh, he had uh, Avalanche, his, like, his one of Avalanche Riders or whatever, and he was, like, Avalanche Ridering you one to two times every turn cycle. <laughs> For like four or five turn cycles. Oh yeah, and you like he had the avalanche all the way down. You had like all the things online to like you had the lands, you had the ways to put the lands into play, and it just didn't matter because <laughs> you didn't have um you didn't have uh, the scout to like protect. Right was the problem. You didn't have. I, I didn't have another bounce land. As the yeah, issue. yeah, you couldn't like get tricksy with scout bounce land. So, um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. I've been playing a lot of different decks. I've got, we're, uh, our online FNM since, um, companions are coming out this week and it's going to like completely blow away the meta. We've allowed proxies. So I've got, I've got all my, my like 12 pages of cards printed out for proxies. Cause I have no idea how long we're going to be in quarantine. So I've got, you know, I've got Kroxas, I've got some Pillages, a Lutri, uh, one of each Triome, some some Abundant Growths <laughs> here. Modern uh, All-Star. Uh, yes, some place of Boils. Very nice, very nice. Counterbalances, we'll get to that soon. Um, <laughs> some Hex Drinkers. Um, yeah, you know, um, some Jace the Mind Sculptors. I, uh, Uros, because someone has mine won't say who uh, <laughs> again yeah. um so yeah i'm excited to try out a bunch of stupid companion decks and we'll uh ride the novelty until it wears off 
but I guess we can kind of seg- segue out of what we've been talking about as far as like what we've been up to. Uh, today, I think a lot of people were holding their breath, waiting for a BNR update. And we didn't quite get that. But what we did get was we did get a tweet this afternoon. Um, or I should say this late afternoon. It was like 5.02 wizard time, which is pretty late. Uh, and they said one week from today on 5.18 will be the next band restricted update impacting Vintage Legacy and Brawl. <laughs> that last format, not the one people wanted to see. Um, yeah, do- does anyone actually play Brawl? Yeah, I think I have people- to imagine the only people who play Brawl are people on Arena. On Arena, yeah. Um, MTGO leagues for those formats will end at that time and be restarted with updates. Whatever. Um, no Pioneer or Modern on that list. <laughs> so I think they're acknowledging that, like, it, at, at the very least, Luris is just busted in Vintage and Legacy, <laughs> busted in half, and Garuda is like very good in Legacy. Um, and uh, Zerda quite good in vintage quite strong in Bomberman. yeah so i wonder what we'll see eat some bands and <clears throat> i wonder if they're they're going to the problem the, okay so the problem with vintage is they can't ban vintage yeah they're gonna well they can they're gonna yeah, they've banned stuff before it's just been a long long time right so but they, they typically will only restrict yes restricting a companion doesn't do anything <laughs> Maybe they'll ban it from the sideboard. Like so, the, well, you start with that main deck and then post board, board it out, turn it into like a vacant deck. That's some big brain stuff. Holy shit, that would definitely not work. Okay, uh, yeah, they're just gonna have to ban it. That would be amazing, though, right? If you just like can't start with it in your sideboard, and it's like it'd still be worth it for games two and three to become a companion deck. So. But I think banning in vintage is like a huge like red flag. Yeah, because they never ban anything. Like they just they just restrict shit. They restrict they restrict cards out of shops until it becomes commander. Except for they don't actually restrict. But that's a different discussion. That's a whole different ball wax. <laughs> so I guess I'm a little curious to see if they're just going to outright ban the card. Or they're going to do some bizarre rules change thing, right? Yeah, like oh, not allowed to be in the sideboard or in, in the vintage format. Can, me- like in me- yeah, in vintage mechanic, like the campaign mechanic is not allowed or something. <laughs> like that. I don't know. Yeah, like how they uh, banned um uh what was the uh, the effect the effect the mechanic from conspiracy? Uh, yeah, they just said conspiracies are not legal. In, yeah, 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 and whatever companion is not legal in vintage. You know what would be the real mindfuck was if they actually did the update and they were like, ban- they actually banned cards from like Vintage and Le- like they banned like Astrolabe or something and then they just errata companion on the same update in like all formats. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would be quite right for how they worded their, their, their tweet, but that would be, that'd be a mindfuck is if they made like a rules change at the same time for companion, just like across the board. Oh. Yeah, we're not we're not banning anything in modern. Yeah, yeah. But companions don't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, like or I don't know, like they like you have to like mulligan for them. I don't even know. I don't know. There's been all sorts of stuff getting floated around. Anyways, that'd be that'd be cool. And by cool, I mean terrible for the financial market for magic. 
<laughs> which is why my Larius is made of paper <laughs> instead of cardboard yeah um i'm not buying one i did buy a lutri because it was like two or three bucks i have no idea when that's gonna get here it'll be a surprise because <laughs> i love me some highlander um but anyways so we've had that as news so look forward to that uh it'll be a week after next before we get to talk about it so who knows uh and something else that's cool um as far as like decks that are not like Luris decks. And this deck isn't really like a. This deck is not a companion deck in the sense that like it has to have a companion, although it does have a companion. But it also like really relies on like Luris being a huge part of the modern meta. And that's a uh, aspiring Spike has done it again, man. He's got he's got a blue white uh, miracles deck with counterbalance and modern. Whew. I had to like fan myself a little bit after I saw this thing. Um, he like i think he like top aided like a challenge or something and then uh today he uh won a ptq so he qualified for the pro tour playing modern miracles with counterbalance in 2020 this deck is amazing uh it takes advantage of the fact that everyone and their mother is uh playing laris <laughs> yeah um and uh, I will uh, pull it up here for people watching at home so they can have uh, the old look-see-poo, I guess. So, I mean, like, you know, the problems with the counterbalance, <clears throat> unless you have a good way to manipulate the top of your deck, it's not as reliable. Mm -hmm. And also, if the cards you're playing against just have a widespread of mana cost, it's also just not as reliable. Mm -hmm. But in a format when everything is zero to two mana, yeah, like Legacy... Uh, or modern with Luris, uh, it gets a lot better. <laughs> and I mean, uh, sure, you can still play spells with more than two CMC in your Luris decks, but yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not that much above th three. And this deck's leveraging some really powerful cards, right? Uh, it's leveraging. It's got three Mystic Sanctuaries, which, as we know, is a very good card. Um, it's got you know uh, three forces, some Teferis, uh, Terminus, a very powerful card in this format where you know your opponent cheats a bunch of crap into play with Luris, and then you just slap all that shit and Luris back on the bottom of their deck. <laughs> Real nice, clean, cheap answer. Um, and uh, but man, Omen of the Sea puts in some fucking work in this deck, dude. I love this card. I think Omen is great. Um, it's you know it's not great in every deck like other blue cantrips tend to be like if it's a blue deck you want to play you know opt or serum visions or whatever but uh omen is really good in certain decks like this one where you have like the ability to like scry up to four cards to put stuff on top um i guess up to three right because if you're scrying all the way down then drawing a card it's like yeah <laughs> i guess you could scry four away draw a mystery card and then have a, a fifth random card that you're flipping so um but you can't like bottom 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 <laughs> intending to leave the top i guess you could but you'd have to like keep another card you don't want to draw right i guess that's possible anyways um but yeah you get to manipulate really heavily with omen for your counterbalance mystic sanctuary does some dirty shit um you can like you know just put something back on top your fetch land turns into a mystic sanctuary which yeah, so puts... again why is this card fetchable yeah what the hell if we think about oh this exchange it's not broken because it puts it on top of your deck on your hand yeah well, this counterbalance that's exactly where, where you, you want, want it, it. To be. yeah it's great it's great and then like the, dude mystic sanctuary omen of the sea is like really weird too this direction i watched uh 
watch the sparring spec divas on stream than i did it in the league i played of blue red counterbalance where you're like you like end of turn want to like omen of the sea but you like also want to like sanctuary something back on top but you don't want to like waste your scries right so you're like you like crack fetch get mystic sanctuary trigger on the stack omen of the sea <laughs> so that you like dig the deepest of your scries for like cards you actually care about and then you like draw the card and then you put the card that you're mystic sanctuary back on top <laughs> so you like actually get like your full manipulation right because otherwise you would like put the card back on top and then your yeah, scribe like, oh i'm gonna scribe the card yeah. card below it and draw the card i wanted yeah yeah at end of turn when you're not like you know trying to draw a counter spell or something when you're just trying to like go into your next turn cycle so that's kind of kind of interesting but um yeah and treat the angels is a great win con too uh so john you disclose what all powerful companion this deck is playing oh yes yes this deck is playing a very powerful companion it's playing a, a kahira <laughs> it's as its companion no snapcasters here so uh it, it does work uh it's just a three two for three with vigilance it's always in your hand though and you know what that's uh that's actually pretty good for a control deck right like yeah just having an idiot and you remember when it's always there so i think if you have an opening or you know you stabilized we were talking a while back there how rich shay was like talking about how he would he would honestly play this over mentor yeah in vintage he would, he would rather have a Gahira than put a mentor in his deck. Yeah, and like this deck is not just saying it would rather you know have one card. It would rather have this than up to four Snapcaster Mages. It is uh, uh, Aspiring Spike has decided that is better, and I, it makes sense actually, right? Because um, it's got a few advantages. One, your your win con is never in your hand, cluttering it up, taking up you know valuable uh, resources that you need to interact or with. Your deck. Or in your deck, yeah, you're not drawing. So you never have it. to draw it when you don't want to draw it. Yeah, uh, it's it's not like lowering your blue count for force of negation. Um, it's yeah, it's just a threat whenever you need it to be a threat, and when you don't need it to be a threat, it's just not there. It doesn't exist. But your opponent has to respect it at all times too, right? Like, is the best threat? No, no. But it's it's always there. And then but it's the, always there, and you never have to draw when you don't want it. So it's kind of the best. Threat. It is kind of the best threat, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and you just play one, uh, one entreat. That's like your only like dead card, so to speak. You know, in some situations, is like oh, you have the the dead entreat sometimes, but like it's also completely berserk, so it's fine. Um, and then you can do sweet stuff with Omen of the Sea and and entreat and opt and entreat and yeah. So Jace the Mind Sculptor uh, counterbalance the the best the one true pairing coming back into modern um i'm not gonna lie chris i'm really really tempted to play this deck at our fnm this week <laughs> <laughs> um i think everyone's gonna be like rock hard to play a Luris deck and i don't really blame them and this deck is like designed to just like slap on Luris decks especially Luris burn as we have uh we have four timely reinforcements and two celestial purges and two aether gusts he doesn't he wasn't even boarding an aether gust when i was watching him against the red decks I was like nope this is for like amulet <laughs> this is for green decks this is for green decks we don't need it because yeah and he wasn't even playing four timely at that point i think he's playing like three and two purges i think it's like other control decks i've played you like gladly sideboard an aether gust <laughs> And use it as like a a memory lapse, like a bad memory lapse against them. <laughs> yeah, just like Mishra's Bubble Counterbalance reveal a land counter. <laughs> yeah. That works. Oh 
What God. else are you going to play off your lures? Nothing. Because <sighs> you only play one thing a turn. <sighs> oh, it's hot. I was thinking you couldn't counter zeros, but lands do it. Oh, it's even better than I thought it was, Chris. Yeah, oh. it's like... Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, Summoner's Pact. Counterbalance. Land. Uh, I didn't even realize it worked like that. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty sold now. Because I was like specific... I was literally thinking, like late yesterday i think i was like yeah but you know the matchup against amulet just seems kind of dicey like how you counter you can't counter titan with your your you know your counterbalance you just counterbalance flip terminus yeah like you you had to flip terminus i was like that's kind of hard but i was like but you can't counter the pact of counterbalance either ah and then i was like oh like oh you just flip a land like and then this, yeah, Chris, this is going to be playing Yorion Amulet over here. Ah, I gotta worry about this shit. It'd be great. I can't, I can't counterbalance Yorion, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no five drops. No five drops. No five drops in this deck. So, uh, but yeah. You might have to spend mana. Oh. oh. <laughs> like one of these two uh, logic knots getting frisky here. <laughs> or your uh, three cryptic commands. Yeah, I don't know. This deck seems sweet. Um, I'm, uh, I'm pretty tempted to play it. I gotta, I gotta watch his uh, his streams he's done and soak up all the the tips. I don't know. I might be getting debated though because I saw earlier that like um, Nasif Gabriel Nasif had like tweeted like he he's like you know <laughs> Gabe Nasif really likes him a, a blue white control list. Let me tell you, I tell you what he really likes oh, them. Yeah. And so I was like, oh okay. And then so I, I load up the stream real quick while I'm killing some time. And I was like, oh it's you know it's not that long. It's long, but it was like you know like. Nasif playing a league, a full five-round league with a blue-white control deck. That's a that's a day. That's a that's an afternoon right there. We should say it's gonna take a while. He's gonna use all of his clock every round. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I'm like trying to skip ahead because he has the tracker for how he's doing. I was like, well, I want to know how he did. So I jump towards the end and he's playing arena. I was like, huh, that's weird. He shouldn't have had time to do that. Jump a little less far back, you know, yeah, what, I don't know, three-fourths of the way through. Still playing Arena. I was like, mmm. <laughs> Jump even further back, and he's like losing to Tron. And I was like, ooh. Skip a little further ahead in the match. Yeah, he went 0 2 drop. <laughs> I don't know what he played around one. I didn't, you know, have the time to poke around. I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, there's always the get get friggin' ranched by uh by big mana option for your control deck. Um and you know, he's got what well, he's got a, a a disdainful stroke and two Ashioks. Ashiok, really good against Tron. Yeah. And you uh it's okay, but it's not is it worth being in your deck? I mean, I guess it's it is terminus. It is. Yes, yeah, because it turns off their their what their sylvan scrying and their their map if they don't have it until you know the turn yeah, one. You and can so, keep them off it until you can play Ashok. Yeah, well, you're on the I play. Guess. You're on the play, so it's you know their their turn two. So as long as they don't have it before their turn three, see so like Gucci. You know, you you, you force their turn one. <laughs> Force turn one map. Snare the turn snare two. Snare turn two scrying. And then you're golden. Golden. Bam, Ashiok. Yeah. GG. GG, easy, Yeah, you got it. And then they just nat Ulamong you and you die. Uh. So, 
So yeah, I don't know. But uh, I don't know, I can play... The, there's like the Yorion snow decks, which look uh, pretty sweet. And I've uh, I've seen some Luris decks of Hexdrinker, like some like rock-looking decks. And uh, I don't know, I want to play some Lutri decks. I got my, my one of Shark Typhoon for when I play Lutri. <laughs> so you can meme on some kids. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, so I, I played against a Shark Typhoon once, exactly one time. And it was both amazing and incredibly sad at the same time. So I was playing against Bluetron because who else would cast Shark Typhoon? So he goes, Shark Typhoon, pass, you know, I do some stuff, just some amulet things. I'm playing Yorion amulet, of course, because this is the free room. Where else would you find Bluetron? I found but, it in um, a league. I played against it in a league. I stand corrected. Um... And so he untaps, plays Ugin the Spirit Dragon, make an 8-8 shark. I was like, oh, oh wow. That's a big shark. <laughs> like, that's quite large. Impressive. Impressive. <laughs> the sad thing, though, was he, uh, he kind of had to minus six or he was going to die. So bye-bye shark. <laughs> bye-bye shark typhoon. <laughs> Bye bye everything. Because <laughs> you had a titan. Because <laughs> I had a titan and a bunch of like zombies and shit. So, so he, he he spent six mana on the typhoon. He made a sweet ass big old fucking shark and then just wiped him. Yeah, so he's like shark typhoon pass. I'm like okay, untap titan, make a bunch of zombies. He's like, uh, <laughs> I guess they're all going away now. Wow. And since Ugin has seven loyalty, I'm gonna pretend I didn't see that last turn cycle. <laughs> Ugin went down to one, which promptly died to my walking blister because that's colorless. It was in play? Yeah. Oh, man. So you just pumped it up and then shot it and got to keep your ballista? Ooh. Ooh. That feels real bad. So, yeah, I also put against Mono Bluetron in a league. I was on Grixis Delver with Lurus, of course. And I'm attacking in with some some you know some chonky spite dragons. They got they got a little bit of beef on them. Some chonk, oh la, they coming. They're coming in for like three four damage a piece. And my opponent's like, oh man, I don't want to die to these sprite dragons. So they uh, they dial up uh, in mid combat. Uh, they dial up a shark typhoon with the you know the cycling so they can not counterable make a nice big shark. And they played around my archmage's charm countering. A, uh, a spell, but they did not play around my Archmage's Charm taking their shark. <laughs> so, they had no blocker, they had no mana, they tapped out for it, um, and then I had a big old shark to go with my uh, my big old my big old Sprite Dragons, and then they died the next turn. <laughs> yeah. Nice shark, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> they probably thought they were being so clever cycling it, too. Like, ah, I'll get them for sure. But uh, yeah, that deck plays like three or four Archmage's Charms, so that's a risky play. Archmage's Charm has just been impressive. That card, I feel like, didn't really like come hot out the gates of Modern Horizons, you know? Like, people weren't really going all in on the Archmage's Charms until last few months. Well, I mean, to be fair, why do we want to play with Archmage's Charm? Maybe we can play with the Gak. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gak's been gone for a while. 
like these bant snow decks weren't really playing like you know real numbers of archmage's charms no but yeah but i'm saying like that there's been other top decks that hadn't really had any interest in playing this card yeah i think the first deck that was like really interested in like a lot of archmage's charms was probably like the blue black urza deck was i think when i first because like the uro the oko and then the uro snow decks uh or the uh urza decks weren't really playing like a lot of charms at first right yeah i think it was back back with moss opal they weren't they're much more like colorful yeah that's true so triple blue was a little like yeah because mm. i i I feel like i might be wrong but i feel like i first started seeing it in like assisa's blue black urza deck and then like the other like the blue green and then like a little bit of red like rug uro decks have kind of co-opted that and then now it's showing up in like all the luris decks and i think people have just realized it's like really good uh, cause like when you're like, it just, it's just like a, you know, it's a counter spell that you can two for one at end of turn and instant speed. So it's just like everything like a, a control, like a controlling leaning blue deck wants to do. Right. I don't think, I think it really that, didn't gain any steam until Mystic Sanctuary had been. That's true. I would agree actually. Yeah. Mystic Sanctuary and Archimedes Charm are like besties. Um, cause you can just like, you can like, like, oh, I need this counter spell, but now it's like, oh, I have a fetch land so I can draw two immediately put it back on top redraw it and it's like you you keep hitting your land drops i guess more consistently that way in your control yeah. deck and you're like never down, down on the counter yeah which yeah. is like really it's powerful. like you're holding it up you're holding it up holding up past turn okay draw two real quick and then fetch yeah. oh i still have a counter spell mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense yeah um so that's been quite good and it just like randomly hoses shit like death shadow man we we blew out the same death shadow player two games in a row with grixis rug luris where or sorry grixis delver luris i don't know why i said grixis rug luris grixis delver luris it's a mouthful um where they like you know made a big shadow hit us and then we were like cool take your shadow kill you <laughs> thanks for lowering our life total so that your shadow was a, a beefy boy and then we had yeah. like you know sprite dragons or whatever laying around or a delver and it was like you just take the hit don't even like you know abyss your your guy and just like just crush him on the on the the counter swing so <laughs> it did that two games in a row that was very fun and like what even at its worst it's it would kill the shadow yeah exactly yeah it's just like a removal spell it's like a doom it's like a murder for shadow so yeah um so yeah i've been really yeah, like stealing shit's like not relevant most of the time but when it is it's i've stole pretty hot i've stolen an amulet a few times <laughs> i did it against chris actually in paper and i was like i was like does my land untap like my shock land if i play it <laughs> Like I fetch a, a tap shock, does the amulet untap it? It does, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I still wasn't quite sure on that. Just weird. As long as you don't pay the two life. Yeah. Why would you? Although, if you Vesuva a bounce a uh, shock land, you can pay the two life, and it will still untap because of the amulet. Weird. <laughs> because Vesuva. <laughs> Amazing um but yeah there's um also for all you uh druid amulet players out there pro tip 
Um, if you have your dryad in play, you can play Vesuva copying nothing, and it will come into play untapped, and you can tap it for all colors because of your dryad. Wow. Amazing. So, it, like, if you have maybe an Azusa or something, you want to play lands that don't have triggers, you need the mana, or whatever, or, you know, maybe you don't have an amulet, but you want that one mana to do something else, like play a cantrip or a scout or whatever, you can just play it, copy nothing, and just get them. Use it for mana. And pick it up later and copy something else. <laughs> the Suva only enters tapped when you copy something. Interesting. And you don't have to copy. That's so weird. <laughs> it's like really weird. I, it's never come up for me yet, but, it, you know, the more you know. Sick plays, right? So I actually had another deck, just talking about spicy decks we played against. I played against a a doozy the other night in Modern. Um, I played against a Luka deck. <laughs> I played against a Luka. Luka. I, is, so I can't remember which one's Luka. It's the new Planeswalker. Oh, yeah, yeah, It, it yeah. pluses to, like, exile, I think, like, three cards from the top of your deck, and as long as you control a Luka Planeswalker, any Luka. You can, you can play them, yeah. You can play them. And it, mi- so many Lukas. and it minuses to, like, I think it exiles the creature? Or maybe, I think it, I think it exiles, no, it kills the creature, I think. I think it kills a creature. And then you polymorph. <laughs> oh yeah. And so this deck was playing, um, like four season pyromancers, some ramp, and it was doing like just season pyromancer things, right? Like just value grinding value of season pyromancer. Um, they had like arbor elf, I think, and like abundant growth and all that jazz, and um, they were. It's oh, it's until you get to yeah, a creature. I think it's I think Luca is a creature that's cost more. Let me let me look that up so I can tell you the rates. I believe I believe Luca polymorphs into a creature that costs more. Yeah, it says exile target creature you control, then reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with a higher converted mana cost and put it on the battlefield and the rest in the bottom in the random order. So you exile your guy and then you you polymorph for a bigger cost. And so their deck their creatures capped out at season pyromancer and they had Immerquill. <laughs> <laughs> actually no i'm sorry it didn't cap out just at uh at Emercool. they had they had one other creature that cost more and that was felidar guardian because they were also playing saheli rai felidar carbo in the deck and that's amazing and they were playing oath of nissa so the deck was like it had like no interaction it was just like oath season pyromancer um arbor elf ramp stuff um Sahili cat combo, and then like Luca and and Anne Emerkel, I assume it was the strangest deck, and we lost to it. Tony was watching me play this the blue red counterbalance deck, and like this deck placed fucking mana costs all over the place. Like, oh yeah, we got destroyed by it. It was like so hard to beat like Pyromancer, like just doing Pyromancer things and like putting a bunch of bodies into play, and like the combo things at the same time. Because, like, you wanted, like, spot removal to make sure they didn't, like, cat combo you. And then, like, you also, like, needed a way to, like, get Luka off the table or from ever resolving. But then you, like, also needed a way to, like, outgrind Seasoned Pyromancer. <sighs> oh, it was miserable. It was so bad. I can't believe we lost that. <laughs> Man, you know, like, um, all the Ponza decks, mm-hmm. they're all basically Obosh decks now. Yeah. And they're all playing, like, four Lukas. Oh, they're playing Luca too. Yeah, that makes sense. 
And you just play like what three other Oboshes in your deck, and then you you Luka your random crap into Obosh. Yeah, and so it, the deck is for that reason, uh, I presume, is playing Magus of the Moon instead of Blood Moons. Ha! So you can, like Luka your idiot into like Magus of the Moon, <laughs> or then like you have redundant moons, just turn the moon into like Obosh or whatever. Huh. It's card advantage. It's really good card advantage too for a creature deck. And then yeah, you just plus it. Too. The minus seven is each creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each opponent. And then if you have Obosh in, in play, I assume that just like straight murders oh, people. Just kills them, yeah. Moida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that plus the attack phase, you're probably very dead at that point. I think people are saying it's like it's like Ericold's Ponza because they're not really playing Stone Rain cards anymore. It's like just some moons mm-hmm. and then this other stuff. So it's not so all in on the mana screw your opponent plan because it has like real threats, real cards to play now, I guess. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, so we said we wouldn't talk about companion, but here we are talking about a bunch of companion decks. It's just unavoidable at this point, I feel like. <laughs> Um, yeah. do we have anything then, else we want yeah, to go so, over? So, oh, you do? The other, okay. The other funny thing is, like, um, adventure cards. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the the green, the Ponza Obosh deck gets to play two drops in the form of Bone Crusher Giant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. The Stomp is two mana, but Bone Crusher's three, which is what Obosh cares about. That is cool. And, and it's playing, um... Kythios, the new like three mana god. Oh yeah, the red green god. A lot of the decks. So it's, the it seems like a it's, a, it's a pretty meta deck, right? So you have this Kythios, which has incidental graveyard hate against these stupid, um, you know, Luris decks. Mm. And then you just have a pile of other shit, and you still get to play the Arbor of a Utopia uh, Sprawl combo. This list is playing. Mana. This list is playing four Kitchen Finks in their Oblast deck. So they can beat burn, man. I I do love one of my favorite things about how uh campaign is like completely upended modern is all these cards that were like straight fucking unplayable. People are playing electrolyze again, dude. Like people are like electrolyze is playable. When was the last time electrolyze was playable? When was the last when time you saw people playing four <laughs> four fucking main deck kitchen finks? Like kitchen finks. Like this card used to be great. It was so good. You, like, play a Kitchen Finks and your burn player wanted to, like, commit Sudoku. Like, they're just done. They're done. They're just, like, they're done. They're, like, sign the slip. Fuck Kitchen yeah. Finks. I it's hate like, this card. Oh, Kitchen Finks? Oh, my God. How yeah. Do we, how do we win? Second? Yeah. GG. Get just, the pen. I, I'm, I'm a head out. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, then gone. Like, it's been unplayable. The card's been trash. It's been just garbage. Unplayable garbage. And this meta deck is playing four. It's funny, so this deck actually isn't playing any other Obosh in the deck because I presume you um, wouldn't want to. Well, it actually doesn't even have Luka in it, which is crazy. But um, I assume if you're playing Luka, you wouldn't want to Luka into another Obosh being legendary. Dude. And all. Oh, man. Luka exiles your Kitchen Finks. It's a bummer. If it just destroyed, that'd be like. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. if it just like destroyed the creature? <laughs> It'd be like pod. It'd be like pod time all over again. Oh, my God. 
instead of your Luca pod chain. I guess that's why they worded it like that to avoid that kind of crap. Could you imagine yeah, it'd be so like red is... pod like red pod decks? Yeah, so like here's a list playing um four Luca and two pillage and an emerald. Who is it? Um Happy. Uh the one right below the one I had pulled up. Gotcha, I got it. Interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh this is what I played against actually. Uh I think. I didn't see Kitchen Finks though. Or Clothis. Check out Plainbound Accomplice. Oh yeah, no, this this card was very scary. <laughs> yeah, this looks very similar to what I played against actually. Um, like how, yeah, they're playing Utopia Sprawl. How spooky is that? They can turn one Utopia, turn one Arbor Elf, turn two Utopia Sprawl, Plainbound Accomplice, activate, put Luca into play, minus on the Accomplice, Emrakul. Yeah. Yeah, I played against this. They didn't get to do <laughs> the thing with Accomplice. But... boys and girls. I don't know if the person I played against even had Obosh either. Maybe they... I don't feel like they did. Maybe they They must have. Well, not their playing Sahili Cat. Oh, that's right. They cut They cut the, the Obosh. They cut the Finks. They cut Clothis. And they just, like, crowned fucking Sahili Cat and, uh, and Oath of Nissa in is what they must have done. <laughs> Yeah, what the heck? But yeah, yeah, the shell is basically what they were playing. Uh, they didn't have the Magus either. So they cut like all the other three drops. They cut all the three drops except for Season Pyromancer and playing Bound Accomplice. And um and they weren't playing Obosh. And then they just like jammed in cat combo. <laughs> How surprised would people would you think people would be if I played this on Friday? This oh my god. It's probably like, destroy people. <laughs> the Ponza deck. <laughs> No, Chris, you were supposed to play the lands, not destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just have to wear the shirt. You have to wear the shirt. You have to wear the shirt you're wearing right now. The, this is the way shirt. <laughs> that way if they ask why, you just pull up the pull shirt the and show up. them. This is the way. This is the way. We We play land destruction now, boys. Man, oh man, I kind of forgot about this card, Plain Bound Accomplice. Everyone's talking about like there must be a way to break this card, right? Yeah, um, it's pretty fucking good with Luca. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, because Nahiri can't like do her crazy thing right away, right? She has no, to plus it. Have to plus it twice. Yeah, yeah, Luca just being able to do it right off the bat is like pretty solid. Yeah. Oh no, at the end of my turn I sacked my Luca. Oh how how am I ever going to continue? <laughs> you get to do it twice too. It's a minus two and it's got five loyalty. <laughs> Is this gonna be the next card that we're fucking sick of? I think standard players already are, right? Sick of Luca? Yeah, I bet. It's like Luca Fires or something, right? I think I've been hearing a lot of rumblings about that. I think fires is probably I I'm sure standard players are sick of fires. Yeah, what it yeah, Fires has been doing sad, sad things for a while now in Standard. We'd probably be talking about that card as much or more as we've been talking about Companion if we talked about Standard on this podcast. But I mean, yeah. the early Fires decks were hot. I mean, um, yeah. <clears throat> you get to play the Fae of Wishes mm -hmm. and then play just this pile of batshit crazy 
like multicolored haymakers. I saw a Twitter thread today that made a really good point. I forget it might have been Rich. Why well, wasn't Rich Shea? I forget. I'm gonna misattribute that. I don't remember who it was. Unfortunately, people are talking about how standard doesn't have a, a mid game anymore. There's there's no mid game. It used to be you'd go like in standard, especially for like a long time. Like when you know in the last few years, it was like early game, mid game, mid game, mid game, <laughs> end game, done. And now it's just like early game, late game, like all, like all the ramp and and all this crazy shit. There's like no mid game. And someone like there's there's a lot of good points in this thread. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have it here to to show, but um, someone was like, yeah, like think about questing beast. Like this is the most busted mid-range threat that they've printed in a while. And it's unplayed. Like no one plays mid-range. No one plays Questing Beast in standard. And like this card is absurd. Like Questing Beast is so pushed, it's so busted. Like it is such a good mid-range card. It's crazy. Like the amount of fucking text on that card. Like did they did they decrease the font size for that card? I almost feel like they did. There's so much shit on that card. It's crazy. Like I can't believe that thing costs 4 mana. It no one's playing it. Like, this is it's not good. Like against all these like fires decks and crap. So, yeah. Like, well, that's all you're gonna do. Play a four four. Whatever. Wow. I'm gonna play fires of invention. <laughs> and a four four. It's like it's like you can play fires and then another spell, another four mana spell. Yeah. Yeah. The the mana advantage is just yeah. All this yeah. It's crazy. It's just like an easier to use reclamation, wilderness reclamation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You don't have to do, you know, finicky bullshit with like instant speed nexus of fates. You just get to play planeswalkers or any random powerful spell you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in the meanwhile, in modern at least, in our own little happy bubble, our modern bubble, there's been a lot of cool decks. I do, I do like, um, you know, even even an Eldrazi winner. I did like how there was like the like arms race of Eldrazi decks, right? Because you know, like everyone, like the like the CFB team had like the colorless deck that was like le- level one, right? And then there was like Frank Lepore and I think one other person or two other people were playing like Bug Eldrazi, and then like Jason, um, um. God, what's his name? Shoot. Um, the Australian players. There's like a bunch of Australian players found um the Blue Red Eldrazi deck with Obligator. Yeah. And Droner. <clears throat> and like there was this own like little like meta, and then like people figured out that it was just like blue white was just like where it was, right? You just wanted like you just wanted um uh Yeah, then people realized like your chalices suck against each other. Mm-hmm. Your chalice is shut on everybody else, but against the mirror, which is what anyone's playing now, because Eldrazi is the you best. You just want drowners doing. for days. You and just displacer. Want, yeah, just drowners and just drown them. Drown, just drown and displacer. It's all you want. You just want to. Yeah, it's just, who can make the most mana to like displace the most times to drown the most times to fucking shove in for a bunch of damage? Some people were playing like sideboard training grounds, so they could go infinite with their drowner. I don't remember that. That's hot. Yeah. So you train grounds and you flicker your drowner, making two scions, sack one to do it again. You left with one extra scion. So not only do you have infinite scions to tap all their fucking shit, you have infinite scions to also kill them with. So I do have to say, I am actually like, I do have a really big hard on for like really busted metas where the like busted decks are not like 
you know, like combo decks where they just like combo off and, you know, kill you or whatever, or, or they like journal around for a really long time and do all this convoluted shit and the turns take like forever. I do like really busted metas where everyone's doing like really stupid, but like ultimately like fair air quote stuff. I do really like those for a bit because there's always new decks that you've never seen before, right? Like, or, or like weird spinoffs on real decks, like this, you know, this gruel Overwatch deck we have pulled up here. Like, I do like the, like, the the deck brewing and tweaking that goes on. Because it, like, normally in, like, you know, a format like Modern, like, decks are kind of slow to come out. And, like, everything kind of slowly shifts. Although that's been, you know, since, like, War of the Spark, not the case. Things have been changing a lot more rapidly. Because we're in a rotating format now. Um, <laughs> but, like... Um, I do like that, like, when shit like this happens, all of a sudden, like, new decks start popping up everywhere. Because then, like, there was, like, what were people trying to counter the Eldrazi decks with? There was, like, dumb crap people were playing to try to beat Eldrazi with, right? I feel like there was some, like, really strange decks cropping up. So, um, Spirits was a popular deck. Mm -hmm. Even Merfolk was coming back. Yeah. People were playing Spreading Seas. Yeah, like, stupid shit like that. Like, Spreading Seas hadn't been good for a while at that point, right? Because, like, yeah, so you Spreading Seas, like, I have Ugin, and then no discount. But if you spreading seas like their Eldrazi Temple, now they don't have colorless mana either. So it may prove just straight up stone rain them. Mm-hmm. And then Lantern was like came back and like Ensnaring Bridge decks came back. Mm-hmm. Because those other decks have zero ways to beat Ensnaring Bridge until they started playing white. But Yeah. You know, if you're playing center so playing colorless Eldrazi and put just like LOL, here's a Ensnaring Bridge. I think it's better in modern right now too with the companions because like they're you know the, the the ultimate issue of companions is that they're limiting because there's not very many of them. That's like the long term big fear, right? It's like you know even if there's you know ten, that is long term very stale and boring because it's all going to get mined out and the you know it's gonna uh, it's gonna um separate into like you know tiers like the yeah it kind of already has so, a Vluris, right? It's like let's say with like Obosh, right? Like how many different ways can you build the Obosh? Yeah, and so in the short term, in the near term. It's sweet because everyone gets to build all these stupid fucking decks. <laughs> and so there's all of this like diversity short term. Um, although Luris has kind of uh kind of been pretty obviously like the go-to, right? Like the the tier one, like yeah. the free roll, like the easy, the easy choice, right? And it, uh, the other ones are getting, I think, explored or dug out as deeply as they could be because Luris is just way easier to like make a sweet deck with right and it's much more like take existing deck cram in luris cut your permanents that cost more than three if that if you can get away with that you know but um but the other decks um are really cool and some luris decks are cool too um but yeah like the yorion decks like everyone's suddenly guy cramming 20 extra fucking cards into their deck right um so that's kind of cool When's the last um, time you saw anyone cast Restoration in your game? Yeah, like, what? It's been, it's been a hot minute. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I've pro- I proxied fucking Abundant Growth. I don't know where it is. I have it somewhere here on my desk. But yeah, I proxied Abundant Growths today. Like, what? I don't own those because they're bad. Um, <laughs> I own a foil. A foil Abundant Growth. Because, um... So, yeah. Jeskai Ascendancy Combo. Yeah. And then, like, you have people playing, like, piles of, like, <laughs> like, boil and choke. Like, yeah, the Jun, like, there's, like, a Jun, like, a weirdo Jun deck. Like, this is the biggest, like, I think evolution you've seen in Jun in a minute. Because, like, people are, like, playing, like, uh, what? 
Lurist, Bob, Kroxa, Scooze is really good again because everyone's playing these, you know, Lurist decks. Um, and then like they don't play Liliana. Like what? Like a a a a gen deck with Liliana? That's never existed. Like that's not a thing. And so like yeah, just cool. And then like I've seen versions, like I said, playing um Hex Drinker now. Um and like the sideboards are wild with like three fucking boils and crap like that in them. Um and it seems like everyone's been like, how do we how do we beat like big mana with our our Luris Jun deck? Just fucking pack as many damping spheres on the sideboard as you can get your hands on. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know, it's cool. Um for now. Um and I think the honey I think that you know the cards are taking paper this what this Friday. Uh, the honeymoon period is in full swing. Uh, how long do you think we have before it's just miserable and everyone wants to die? Well, um, it sounds like in, in Vintage they may already be there. Oh, yeah, Vintage, they already got there in Vintage. <laughs> vintage, they're pulling the brakes. They're pumping the brakes. And, and Legacy, too. And I think part of that is because those formats are already basically like only existed online that's like not quite true but i think the bulk of the community for both of those formats is really in the last year or two shifted it's been maybe longer than that but i feel like i feel like in the last few years it's been much more so everyone's playing on moto now because like a lot of local places the play groups are winding down or um people just supplementing right like they just want to play more of the formats because they like them a lot and they're like you know what stuff is so cheap these days and especially with the rise of rental accounts on magic online you can, you know, play like like for me, for example, I can play if I want to play vintage, I could easily play vintage on Modo. No problems. The stuff isn't that expensive. I have, you know, my rental account. My limit isn't even that high, but I could easily play vintage. Um and so people are doing that. Like people that main, you know, people like me that play mainly modern can dip their toe into legacy vintage, or people who are mainly legacy players can dip their toe into vintage. And the metas are there's a lot more people playing the formats than there used to be online and so i think that's getting things are getting solved faster like you you know you've seen of these you know different breach decks and, and oko decks and stuff and this card's obviously really powerful but people have been really kind of dialing in and homing in on on like the the ideal configurations a lot faster than used to happen in these formats um in recent memory obviously way back you know people actually like played legacy at like scs and shit and like you know there was turnover in, in the meta and all that at a much more rapid pace um but these yeah in vintage i think people I, a it wasn't that hard i don't think and b there's enough ma- like matches going on that actually there's real stakes right because you can qualify for like the pt you can win decent prizes now online because of how they've you know changed up their organized play there's incentive uh like monetary physical you know like cash incentive to do well in these formats now um and if no one plays the formats it's even more incentive right because like if you know if you're you're it's queuing up for a 20 20- yeah, like yeah, if if there's no people in the event, it's a slam dunk. So everyone's like, "Oh, it's a slam dunk. I got to go do this." And so the numbers pick back up. And so people are working on these formats and solving them. And so um yeah, the 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 companions where they're the the problems with the, you know, the bad card design in the companions is even more exacerbated in a format like Vintage or a format like Legacy where there's, you know, even better enablers to go with them. Um uh, you know, all the all the like you know in standard it's like you know it's like it's an advantage but maybe it's a little smaller less easy to see but like each step back in card pool it's like now you have led or now you have black lotus to go with your luris right like yeah like you know um or your garuda right like garuda especially with led you just play four leds with your garuda um you only get one lotus in vintage um stupid shit like that um yeah it's interesting 
Um, and so, yeah, it's just people are breaking it. <laughs> um, and so we see, you know, they're already taking action in those formats. It looks like I'm assuming Laura span. Do you think um, maybe Zerda? In, uh, well, Lutri seeing play in Vintage, which is interesting. Yeah. Everything's restricted. You're, you're making the joke about, you know, Highlander um, shops. Well, some of the other decks can look quite like that, too. Bronze, you know, your Brainstorm, Preordain, Ponder, you want each of those. You got your 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 time, uh, you know, your Ancestor Recall, your Lotus, your your Moxin. Yeah, even Mental Misstep is restricted now. Mental Misstep. Uh, Gush is restricted now, right? Um, yeah. Uh, you just yeah you're you're one of mentor if you want to play that um you can't play that with loris but um and then yeah like then you have like the zerta decks like well there's a lot of very powerful cards like uh, uh the barman decks and um and shops has a lot of cards like that too right like i feel yeah, like anyways stuff uh, like lodestone yeah. yeah the the tag the hate the taxing pieces so yeah, um, they're taking action on those first. I wonder what'll get banned. I, my guess is like what Zerda, Luris, and Vintage. Maybe Lutri. I don't know. Maybe Lutri. Maybe it'll be like you know. Maybe it'll be the same argument as like EDH. It's not actually a real restriction on this format. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then Legacy Luris, maybe Garuda. I don't know. Um, I don't think anything else has like really been like oppressive in, in legacy although like zerta might pick up if some of the other ones get banned well that's the other concern right you just banned the best one yeah that's like been my big worry i feel like yeah i feel like it's just like the mechanic is inherently so powerful that it's like you ban the best ones and then people just move down the list right like you know in like in a world where rich Shea says kahira is better than mentor in your 75 kahira sucks like here is a shitty companion <laughs> but it's better than playing Snapcasters in your modern deck it's better than playing mentor in your vintage deck like if you're banning kahira you're banning the lot right like i guess yeah. amori the collector or whatever is like maybe the only other one that's like mm. it's not really. uh, uh, karuga like uh, maybe karuga <laughs> macro sage like that card sucks i'm glad they finally like that. hit Civic with the ugly stick again yeah they uh oh, they it, was, tuned, it, was they legacy, it was a legacy deck they tried to make karuga work it was hilarious oh yeah yeah i play, saw that yeah yeah you get to play all, all the spirit guides of the spirit guides yeah yeah and then um it, you play like trinispheres and bullshit so it's like we're all playing free matter permanence yeah now. every yeah, yeah no problems here <laughs> and you get to play and then they, ancient tombs and city traders and that kind of shit so they were playing the adventure cards too like bone crusher giant right i want to say to like kind of yeah, cheat on things a little bit yeah yeah um so stuff with cycling is good <laughs> yeah that's interesting but um yeah, yeah our episode like is cool but yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's just a race to the bottom on the companion so we'll see where we end up in a few months time Anyways, we said we were going to talk about companions, yet we spent basically the whole episode talking about them. It's kind of hard not to with the way magic is right now. Uh, and I, I think uh, I think everyone's kind of like uh, ranging from... I, I think there's some people who are just fed up. Um, people that play a lot of magic, especially. Um, you know, they're, The grinders, I think, are kind of like over it. I think the grinders that really enjoy brewing, like really truly enjoy brewing and like, you know, leveraging the cracks in the meta, having a good time still um you know like aspiring spike i assume who i think hoogland's been doing well i think he's happy based on what i've seen on, on on twitter and he's usually kind of unhappy uh 
Kyle Anderson's probably beside himself. He probably just plays Pioneers. I don't know. That guy's always unhappy these days, it seems like. I think I blocked him on Twitter. Uh, um, but I, I think the people that really like brewing are still having fun but i think the people that you know just want to play the, the air quotes best deck are probably kind of over i mean from what i understand the people who are drafting are having a blast i hear nothing but good things uh, about the draft format are i i thought people were getting really fed up with the cycling deck oh is, are they <laughs> I, I, that, I that was like, what i i heard fun 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 cycling deck everyone forcing cycling deck not so much fun anymore it was the but maybe oh. it's come back maybe it's maybe it's like um some of the other decks you know when you get the really like the deck like that everyone starts like trying to get into it and so now it's not and everyone like, has viable. a shitty cycling deck yeah and so maybe the people that are like not forcing it are like yeah i don't know maybe it's like not a thing anymore because everyone knows about it i don't know um I don't know. Maybe everyone's just getting taxed. Like they'd pick one, pack one for the fucking the fox or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the stupid man of fox. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not quite up to date on that. But yeah, I had heard really good things about the format until that kind of broke, and then it was like mm, I was hearing some really unhappy, some sad people who were previously happy people. But uh, I haven't really seen much about drafting in the last week or two, so maybe it's like on the up again. <laughs> maybe people are happy again. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a shame because Akoria is like kind of an interesting set outside of uh, Companion. So, but anyways, uh, so Chris, your thought of the week. And we already talked about what I want to play this week, which is a lot of decks. But I think Blue White Miracles is the front runner. But that'll definitely four days a lot could change with me. I'm very fickle. What about you? What are you, are you playing? Eighty card Yorion. I think everyone would be super excited if you did. <laughs> Just meme on people as you try to shuffle your awkwardly large deck. <laughs> I guess the problem is I have to um, print out a lot of cards either way. Actually, for 80 card Yorion, I have to print out a f- not very many cards. A Yorion? Yeah, not a lot of cards. Have to print. Um, yeah, a Yorion. Yeah, is that really it? Oh, Yorion? Is that is that it? <laughs> That'd be amazing. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me thinking about it, right? Like you have you've played so many versions of Amulet and you've had all the flex cards every time. So yeah. I mean, so it it depends on what flavor of Amulet I end up uh Yorion Amulet I'm playing. Karn. Like if I if I play Karn, do you I need have a mind slaver? I want to play, I don't know. Do you have a mind slaver? I do have a mind slaver somewhere. <laughs> EDH? I, like, why I, do you I've have played Blue Tron before. I have a Mindslaver. Oh my god. Get out of here. We're a bad person. Mindslaver is not a card that people that deserve rights play. <laughs> you lose You lose your right to play Magic. No, no, no. That's the other person. Uh, <laughs> that's the one hitting oh, Mindslaver. <laughs> have you seen... Have you seen... Um, the like the uh Immercool of the promised end like uh Ubu altar basically Immercute the promised friend or whatever <laughs> i think i and have and it's like and it's like some i saw someone comment they're like man they really managed to take a card that is like a, a salt mine and make it actually sound like fun <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like when Immercute, the promise end is like put into nap time. Or so I don't even remember how it was worded. I should look it up real quick. It's so stupid. I guess I'll, 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 um, 
indulge our listeners who haven't seen it. Yeah, so, the, okay, if I were to play this exact list that um, you showed up to listeners previously, I'm not sure that I own two Hour of Promise. <laughs> you don't own and Hour I, of Promise? That's actually surprising. I think I have one. Because I was going to pick them up for Pioneer, and then Field Day got banned, so I was like, well, not going to bother playing any more of these cards. <laughs> and I... I have no idea where any of my beast withins are. <laughs> I found so, it, by the way. So potentially three cards would need to be printed. That's not bad at all. It's uh yeah, I gotta I gotta zoom out a little bit. It's uh yeah, Immercute the Promised Friend. Let's see here. Oh, it's hard to put the way I have the this, this card costs one less to play for each card type you have in nap time. <laughs> Flying <laughs> Protection from surprises. <laughs> when Immercute, the promised friend, enters the playground, another player will allow you to play their turn for them, but only if you allow them to have a turn right away afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So stupid. And it's got this, like, goofy-ass art with, like, I don't even know, it's, like, really cartoony. Uh, it's great. Yeah, Emery Cute, the promised friend. I wish they'd found a, a more, like, ridiculous uh, line item than fly. At least left flying as is. Yeah, protection from surprises. Her friendliness is only measured by the amount of her arms. And then it has, like, the freaking cat, the semicolon and a three smiley. Or the colon and a three smiley. <laughs> Like in the flavor text line, <laughs> old school. Oh man, it's great. It's great. It's good. Protection from surprises. I wish I had protection from surprises. <laughs> <sighs> I'd be much better at Rainbow Six if I had protection from surprises. Anyways, So, no surprises here. I think I'm going to play the Blue White Miracles deck. Chris is going to play Amulet. What a surprise. What a shocker. And you know what You know what Steven's playing? Steven's going to play Lurfinity. What a surprise! Affinity! Wow! Wow! wow. What a surprise! Wow! Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Predictable as always, right? John playing some sort of fair pile. Oh, I might just cave and play four color Lurus Snow, by the way. So John's on some sort of fair pile. Chris is playing Inlet. Steven's playing Affinity. Nothing ever changes. Companions are perfectly fine for the format, obviously. We're the proof. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the podcast. <laughs> I guess we'll end it there. Unless you have anything unless to add, I Chris. come out of out of nowhere with the steel chair oh it's the <laughs> robot oh my god oh my god it's so much oh my god he's gonna pillage the land ah. <laughs> uh, that would be a shocker man I, I think people Emrakul would be out of surprised. nowhere Emrakul out of nowhere yeah, with the, have you seen the, the it's the gif is John Cena and it's like a Christmas one and there's a gift and the audience is like pointing at it and he's like he's like this one and they're like yeah 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 and he like he like tears it open and opens it and he pulls out a folded <laughs> out of the present he looks all happy it's like <laughs> it's the funniest shit
<laughs> I don't even watch wrestling. I know dick about wrestling other than John Cena is a huge meme. But like it's so funny. Like you you don't need to know anything other than wrestlers and steel chairs, folding chairs and you're like, "Yep. I grok this. This is great. This is quality it's humor." Like, the the only memes you really, like all you really need to know are the memes, right? Which is yeah. John Cena, you can't see me, right? <laughs> All the memes about John Cena being invisible. Yeah. It's just which great. is basically the same thing as the memes of Camel being invisible. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the picture of like, oh at a gas station, the car is like all camo. It's like, wow, someone left their wheels here. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's yeah. it's an older one, but uh RKO out of nowhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> they would like edit I, f- I can't even remember the wrestler's name, but he'd like fly out of nowhere and like just RKO people. It was like the same type of format as like you know they show like a sniper and people like tripping and falling. Oh, <laughs> so like people like getting like falling over and like getting RKO'd. <laughs> he's just gone. They just edited him out. That's great. Just like flies in, gets them, and flies. I out. do love the sniper one. Yeah, it's like some kid tripping over a rock, and it's just like edited together with like the it's like boom. the battle of Stal- <laughs> it's like the battle of Stalingrad sniper, right? Like he's like up in the bell tower or whatever. It's just like yeah. <laughs> Some people do with like Chuck Norris shooting a rifle. Or yeah, something. yeah, those are great. Oh man, see, predictable as always. We also work some memes chair. in. The steel chair is a meme by itself. I gotta say that, like, I I know nothing about John Cena really, but like his facial expressions are great. The guy has got good facial acting skills. He's like, he's really selling it. It's he's like hamming it up. You know, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I mean, what are what are these wrestlers if not um? giant actors yeah giant actors yes what's how uh didn't uh there wasn't uh dwayne johnson uh yeah, a pro wrestler the Rock was a wrestler yeah and so was bautista yeah there you go hulk hogan if you, <laughs> you want to say hulk hogan had an acting career i i guess after a sense right <laughs> i mean john cena's shown up in his own shitty movies. mr t was a football player right not a wrestler mr t or was he a wrestler originally um it's old school i i I know um terry what's his last name terry cruz terry cruz yeah yeah he was a football he's a football player terry cruz is is a treasure the man the man is a gift to the human race i love that guy yeah so (laughs) we're gonna go way off tangent here uh, if you if you guys were here for magic, then you can sign off now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Terry Crews, I, I don't oh, know if you're aware of the show called Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nah, <laughs> it's like a it's like a cop sitcom. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a comedy show. It was originally produced by Fox, and then Fox canceled it, and they got picked up by someone else, and they like recontinued it. Name kept all name a more iconic duo than Fox and canceling amazing TV shows. By the way. Yeah, so Brooklyn's, wait. <laughs> Brooklyn's really good. Um, it's it's made by some of the people who did Parks and Rec and The Office. Oh, okay, that's a that's a holy matrimony right there. And so they they have their own. They have a fucking podcast about Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's um, not surprising. There's a podcast about The West Wing. I think it's still ongoing. That show ended years ago. <laughs> and so the the podcast about the, I've listened to exactly one episode. I listened to it while folding laundry. And um Maybe you're the, listening the, right now, folding your own laundry. <laughs> actually, 
actually no it better have been two episodes i don't i don't remember but um <laughs> two loads i learned i learned that's when i learned that the people who like produced and like wrote for the office and parks and rec were working on brooklyn mm-hmm. and you were like i gotta watch that and so they wanted to take elements from they liked from both and put in the same show like because co- i watched the office and i couldn't really get into it mm-hmm. i never watched parks and rec so like i don't know parks and rec is great the office i can't deal with the cringe it's really cringe yeah, it's it hurts it's me. Unbelievably cringy. Yeah, apparently that means I'm empathetic, which I'm skeptical of. But that's what the internet told me. I mean, like I watched like com- compilation video of like all the best moments of Dwight, mm-hmm. and some of those are like, oh, that yeah, that is funny. Oh, it but, is. Oh, yeah, some of them yeah. are like, fuck, this is so cringe. George yeah. George Michael just makes me like want to crawl to my skin, and not in like a creeped out way, but just in like a just in like an embarrassment, like a shared embarrassment way. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Um, what it was? Did I say George Michael? Was, Michael Scott. Sorry, George Michael is <laughs> Careless Whisper, <laughs> the guy that did Careless Whisper. <laughs> so uh, this podcast is how I learned that um, Terry Crews, who's in the show named um, Terry Jeffords, <laughs> is indeed a treasure. Oh, he's this great. This guy, um, he's like very artsy. Crews, Terry Crews. Yeah. Um, with I, I think it was like literature or something. I don't know. Very like not what you'd expect your typical like football player to to be like. But yeah, yeah. And everyone, everyone on the show who interacts with him, like we're taught, you know, like glowing very, review holds him in very high regard. Yeah, like you'll never be a nicer, more glowing like guy than there was. Terrence. There was like the huge push to try to get him to voice Doomfist for Overwatch before they released Doomfist. And like he was on board, like he's a gamer. Like he like built a gaming computer with his son or something. And I was like, this guy being a good dad. <laughs> it's the kind yeah, of shit my so dad did. They like made the character in Brooklyn with him in mind, of course, right? And that's partially why they named him Terry. The same fucking name. <laughs> I was like, does that mean he's a bad actor, or was it just like a joke? <laughs> And so when they like pitched it to him and talked like look the look the character's name is Terry, and he's like you can't say no his name's Terry like I can't say no, and so he went on and it's it's funny you should you should check it oh, out man. get a chance official podcast endorsement. <laughs> it's really funny. Parks and Rec also very good. You should watch it. But what the real takeaway for our listeners is going to be is they're going to be just sending hate mail about us not liking The Office. <laughs> That's. Yeah, That's, the office is overrated. Get over it. Yeah. Doesn't make my top five. <laughs> the top five <laughs> list. Dude, I watched one with uh Kira that that um the people that used to be with like BuzzFeed, they had the channel. They must have gotten the idea for that that segment from the same Reddit thread I did, because I was thinking back and I was like, I'm pretty sure when they first did it was about the time that kind of started stewing for me. Like someone posted on Reddit that they'd been doing this with their friends for a long time. And I went, it was a, the thread blew up. Like, I think it was front page where someone was talking about it, like in the thread or whatever. And like, I wonder if like the people, the guys that made that saw the same comment and have the same idea, or, I mean, people think of the same crap all the time though. It's not that crazy of an idea. Yeah. I mean, having top five lists is not, but, the, but so novel, having it be but... like mundane and arguing about it is the secret sauce though. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they did one about Pixar movies. And so I wanted to watch it and Kira was in the room and I started watching it and she's like, don't you want to make our lists? And I was like, why yes i do and man you'd be surprised you think pixar has like not a very deep pool of movies but they don't i mean they have a fair amount but not that deep of a pool compared to like you know like fast food or whatever um but yeah it's pretty contentious man like 
people had feelings they had they had opinions um yeah it's all fun and games and then you say something's like yeah you know like oh whatever like what's your number two or one they name a uh, trash no or they name something you're like i forgot that was even an option you're oh. like fuck now my list sucks yeah it's when you look at the fucking for pixar it's not hard to look at the list of movies but yeah it's like yeah, when but, someone's like number like, one so, or number two isn't even on the other person's list then it's like yeah it's like are you idiot like, <laughs> oh, i just forgot it existed like okay i'll let i'll i'll let it slide or or they didn't forget that's the worst right we're like no yeah. i just don't think it makes the cut and yeah, then people the people lose their fucking minds man yeah at, at us on twitter yeah you want to at me on twitter toy story not in my top five <laughs> it was like first like, or second general? for everybody else i think toy story is great but i i think it probably should be fifth maybe on my list i think i was maybe like I think maybe Toy Story should be on my list. I don't have a list of Pixar movies in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, nah, man, no, I'm not about that. You want the real hot take, the one that's going to give me the hate mail? My number one, The Incredibles. <laughs> that's a hot take right there. People will not okay, agree with so, that one. Again, I don't have a list to compare anything to. But um, are you saying like Incredibles, like The Incredibles or one, like the first movie? First movie. Like one. Incredibles 1. So same thing like Toy Story. You say like, oh, Toy Story one versus Toy Story, Toy Story three one. Two, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Toy Story one, which was like most people's first or second pick, like Kira and the people on the on the the video. <laughs> so funny thing about Toy Story, um, my we're fucking way on the weeds. Um, we got time. If it, if it doesn't make the cut, it doesn't make the cut. Um, so <laughs> my girlfriend was not born in America. Oh, I love these stories. These are always great. And as such, a lot of the things that you may have done or seen growing up, she may not have. So she and her sisters had not necessarily seen Toy Story 1. <laughs> have they seen the sequels? Yeah. so <laughs> That's like, weirder. Like, they may have seen like Toy Story 3 because they may have gone when like their youngest sister was young and that's the one that was yeah. in the theaters yeah, or whatever, yeah. but they never actually bothered to go back. Like, I don't think she's ever seen the original Lion King either. Like she wouldn't, we for some reason we wouldn't solve the new live action one, which was we won't talk about that. But I'll yeah, pretend so I like, didn't see that. The, <laughs> the first Toy Story she hadn't seen, and so I like it was on. We have like Disney. Well, there have someone's Disney Plus account. I don't even know. Yeah, it's like us. But, we have a Hulu account, not ours. Oh, you can watch Brooklyn. You have Hulu. Excellent. You won't regret it. Um. Anyway, so Toy Story. I so I rewatched it with them, and rewatching it made me realize how a fucking terrible it looks. It was revolutionary though at the time. Yeah, at the time it looked really good, but by today's standards, it looks terrible. Like dog shit. Yeah, it looks like dog. It like it looks almost as bad as um, Call of Duty Warzone looks on my PC. That's bad. The environment is bad. Low poly. Like, the backgrounds were bad. Bad textures. The models line. themselves were okay, but the backgrounds were so bad it looked like really jarring, like against one another. And I didn't remember how fucking creepy the movie was, <laughs> with like Sid and his like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. fucked up toys and shit. It's like man, this was a kids movie. This is this shit's scary. Yeah, right? <laughs> there's a lot of kids movies like that where you're like, man, oh, like that scarred me probably. That explains a lot, like my psyche. I've opened a new door into my inner psyche by, by revisiting this. Yeah, and it's like watching the, the newer Toy Stories are like much more 
to me like friendly yeah <laughs> that movie was so yeah the incredibles it's great great movie this one was good this one was good the law requires that i put it at number one <laughs> you just like it because it has the most memes. god it's so memeable it's just a good movie man edna mode is like such a great character god i love edna mode just great so uh after you watch some brooklyn we're gonna do like um we're gonna rank the characters in brooklyn right okay well kira's been wanting a new show but i think we're looking for something not comedy but i'll i'll pitch it to her after this so you'd rather watch something worse (laughs) we usually so we've been watching which if anyone sends me spoilers i'll cut them um actually i'm gonna edit this out i don't want any spoilers i'm not telling you which show i watched because uh i don't want spoilers so i'll edit that out um but uh we usually have a serious show and like uh so did you get the part where not i'm kidding <laughs> i hate you so much um this is like beep it out uh <laughs> but um but yeah we were like watching like the west wing uh for we watched stuff really slowly west wing or west world west wing we haven't watched west world so yeah so west world would be a good candidate potentially for like another like serious show that we were watching the show we're watching so we need like a we're watching like sitcom stuff like you know frazier spoil me on that i don't care uh and seinfeld right now um we've been watching that 70s show for like half a decade now god i'm ready for it to be over we're on the last season it's terrible it's so bad i just want the sweet release of never having to watch that show again um (laughs) but yeah we we need like a like a long plot-based comedy like we were watching like parks and rec and you know stuff like that previously Oh, well, Brooklyn uh, kind of fits the same bill there. Yeah, it's exactly like I was. Yeah, because we we finished uh, Umbrella Academy and then went into our new show from there. We haven't had like a comedy show to really replace it with. So um, the thing with me is I only watch what my girlfriend wants to watch because that's how it works. <laughs> that's um, how mafia works. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's a I'm... she's a level thirty boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a level one viewer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when i have time to myself i don't spend it watching shows yeah i had to make a huge push recently to like catch up on all the anime i haven't watched for the last few years because i'm in the same boat i don't watch stuff alone anymore so i stopped watching anime it's like so when i have time alone i spend it playing like magic online or rainbow six or something like that or doing this fucking podcast right so <clears throat> two hours of your I, life you'll never get back <laughs> i i just don't watch anything by myself so my you know girlfriend has no interest in watching westworld really so that's just not going we to should happen. watch it together uh what else what else? the bromance but she's already seen the office and so the thing is like i don't want to like make her re-watch shit yeah and you don't want to watch it by yourself that badly yeah so some things are just like i'm just never gonna watch it like she watched the new joker movie without me so i just haven't seen it did you miss out i don't know rotten tomato is the answer (laughs) i guess the movie was not bad but was it good it was darker than everyone wanted it to be Mm. perhaps but i mean it's a joker movie oh the newest um, newest one i was thinking of the other bad one the harley quinn one the one that the one that people really disliked where the joker looks like marilyn manson i think anyways (laughs) yeah so 
I think some of the things you you mentioned, um, yeah, she just if she's not interested in that, I just fucking watch it. So at the same time, I get exposed to things that I would never have normally watched, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad. Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, because I wouldn't have that's, known the show. That's how that's how we got here. I remember now. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> and so Brooklyn was a show that um, I I didn't make her, but we ended up rewatching from the beginning again. Oh, she'd be, she'd she was like maybe three seasons in or something, mm. and just like I was like watching like man, this was actually this show's really funny. And so you want to start from the beginning like. Yeah, I guess. I'm going to use this chance to leverage my platform. I'm going to leverage that clout. Y'all should watch Kim's Convenience. That show is great. That actually is our comedy ongoing show. Now that I think about it. But we rationed that shit out like sugar during wartime. <laughs> like, we, we watch an episode like fucking monthly, it feels like. Because we're like, it's 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 like the out like the greens in a fucking hourglass man every time we watch an episode like there's less left we can't watch anymore then there won't be anymore <laughs> show is amazing um definitely recommend yeah we were, we were sad when we got caught up with the brooklyn <clears throat> like that's it this last episode that's out like well rip what are we gonna watch now <laughs> Yeah, we kind of did that with Umbrella Academy. We like we like burn through, and then we like really slowed down at the end. We're like, shit, we're running out. That shows quite- Brooklyn is still ongoing, actually. Mm-hmm. So apparently, still is fucking Grey's Anatomy. Jesus Christ. Ugh. That's the other thing. Um, you know, because my girlfriend lives with her family still. <clears throat> Has to be family friendly. A lot of times when I show up there after work or whatever, um. They're just watching whatever her sister and mom wanted to watch, which is always some shitty drama. God, her mom loves shitty dramas. So first it was Grey's, and sometimes it's like Indian dramas, which are all terrible. And they, they also like Korean dramas, which are also, also terrible. terrible. Yeah. Oh, the, dude, Korean dramas are like almost as influential as like K-pop, man. Like the media, they are just killing it on the media like man that country is like after the united states does anyone have like as much of like cl- like media clout i feel like south korea is like really far up there after the u.s maybe i mean UK? like the whole like idol culture and everything yeah they just got that shit on fucking lockdown like i mean we have celebrities but we don't have idols yeah like japan was really good at that but like korea is just now I am the master. <laughs> weaponized idols. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I mean we can get an idol culture, but idol culture is kind of fucking weird. I'm good not going into that. But we're I think we're kinda of gonna need to wrap it up, so <laughs> we'll spare the listeners. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> that came so, to yeah, a natural but... conclusion. You were saying it with them watching random TV? You know, this all came out of um, the stupid top five videos. Mm-hmm. Well, Terry Crews which, before that. Well, yeah. Which I so which came out of John Cena. I, I know that I know that you linked <laughs> you linked um, like the top five chips. Yeah. Video. People get so I sat there watching. It. We were supposed to go to sleep, but I sat there. I opened it up in bed. Did you and Viva fight? Yes, yeah, so people like like sneaks over and it's like, what what are you watching? It's like, oh, they're making top five video for their chips, whatever. 
And then so we didn't fight, but she's like, no, what the hell? That shit fucking sucks. She's like getting mad at the people in the videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I love this. I love the concept, man. Like, it's great. Like, she'll get upset if you if you tell her that classic lays is a good chip. classic lays suck fucking ass <laughs> classic lays are garbage tier chip <laughs> are you do you I disagree <laughs> i don't mind them it's uh, it's as plain a chip you can possibly get uh, but that's fine. god they're bad ruffles are way better ruffles are a plain are chip better. like ruffles, ruffles are, are way better, better so but but I don't think that Classic Lays is on the same sort of shit tier as, like, Original Frito. No, Original Frito is way better. I like Original Fritos. Original Fritos fucking Dude, sucks. I eat plain salted tortilla chips as a snack and enjoy it. And I don't mind I, doing that either. And I think Lays... But Fritos, but Fritos are not. Really? Good. I like Fritos. But Lays, Fritos I can't do Lays. Like, Lays, Lays are bad. And then, like, um... Plain kettle chips, not a really a huge fan either, but they're way, way better. Leaps and bounds better than Lay's. But I mean, like, I'm not a fan of, like, salt and vinegar chips, so apparently, you know, I'm some sort of healer. <laughs> the fucking Kill Bell music, man. I, that's my favorite. They're so good. But apparently I'm not that well roasted in chips because, like, they brought up, I think, like, the Hawaiian brand chips. Oh, the uh, the Maui sweet onion chips? Those are, or Malibu sweet onion? Those are really uh, good. They're really good. Recall. Yeah, so she brought up, like, oh my god, like these like barbecue Hawaiian chips or whatever. The barbecue whatever. ones are okay, but the the and I'm like I've literally never heard of. Or them. maybe the uh, am I maybe I'm thinking it's two and it's only one. The 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 sweet onion ones are the good ones. They're very good. You never had them. They were big before. Like I feel like they're before like all the the sandwich places had like kettle chips. Like you know they all have kettle chips now. They didn't used to right. Only some places had that kind of stuff. That's when you could find them, and now like they're they've gotten pushed out by like what Miss Vicky's and Kettle and some of these other brands. Like they have all the market share, and this other company like you don't really like see them at sandwich shops anymore. But back when like it was like the Frito Lay shit, and then like whatever random crap the sandwich shop wanted to bring in, I feel like you saw it more back then, and now you don't for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They probably just have a bad marketing team or something. I don't know, or maybe they're just too small to like get out to the the national chains on like the volume that they want. I don't know. Kira would know she does grocery. Um, I'll have to ask her inquiring minds want to know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The chip one is, is good. What's your top chip, Chris? Um, I really like the cheddar and sour cream ruffles. Really? Yeah. I, those are a popular one, and I'm not sure. This doesn't click for me. They're not bad, but they're not like. I like them in moderation. I do get sick of them. Yeah, they're a good, like, painful I, chip. I, it's hard for me to get sick of, like, French fries or something. Yeah. You know, but this chip, it's good, but I, I will get sick. You know the easiest French fry to get sick of is just normal in and out French fries. <laughs> Man. Because they get so soggy. When they get a little cold. Ugh. Cold McDonald's french fry, I'll eat a fucking box of them. Cold In-N-Out fry, miss me with that shit. <laughs> I mean, if if you're not getting them well done, you're you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you are making a life choice mistake. <laughs> but those are terrible when they're gold too, so. Yeah. I mean, slightly less terrible. 
anyway. That's normal. <laughs> so you like the you like the cheddar the cheddar onion? Is it cheddar onion? It's sour cream. Sour cream, cheddar, yeah. I believe. I like, cheddar sour cream. I like the other sour cream. It's like sour cream and green onion or whatever. I like that flavor better. Oh, maybe. But that's not my favorite. But the other thing is I, I realized that um a lot of times with these top five lists or whatever, I think about them like how much experience do I really have with like a segment? a b testing chips? Yeah, like how many different chips do I have opinions about to rank? Like, I don't like Cheetos. I don't like Fritos. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. regular Cheetos or flaming hot Cheetos? Either. Oh, you're weak. That's why. I don't like Cheetos. And I I can't have hot stuff. So, flaming hot Cheetos are like they're a top tier chip. Like I'll just leave it at that. They're they're a top top tier chip. They're because uh... I'm just not a fan of like puffs the puffs are terrible in my so like in my opinion like but the crisp cheese balls like no 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 the crispy no, you want the no. crunchy ones the crunchy cheetos the regular ones are okay but i get kind of sick of them but the flaming hot ones i will eat until i'm in pain like either stomach pain or mouth pain <laughs> just eat them yeah, can't do can't do the hot stuff and cheetos are just kind of game changer gamers chopsticks eat your flaming hot cheetos with chopsticks keeps your fingers clean you can eat them between rounds in your favorite video game and uh, you don't have to wipe your fingers off or get fucking Cheeto dust all over your keyboard, your nice mechanical the keyboard. the only thing worse than wiping your ass after you shit and poking through your toilet paper oh. is Cheeto dust. Yeah, Cheeto dust on your oh, keyboard is, is an abomination. Yeah, chopsticks are the way. And it slows your intake so you A, enjoy them more, and B, aren't as fucking fat after eating all the chips. So, <laughs> I mean, you can eat, use chopsticks to eat any chips. Yeah. It's true. Oh, I do. I I use chopsticks food. to eat a lot of junk food, <laughs> candy, sticky candy, something sour with like powder all over it. M and M's. No, that seems difficult. <laughs> like imagine peanut M and M's with chopsticks. That sounds very difficult. It's like glossy. There's no texture to like you gotta, get a gotta work for your stuff. Yeah, you gotta really work for your peanut M and M. Holy crap! Regular M and M's are more oblong, so I feel like you might actually like have a better time. And they're lighter. Like a, a peanut M&M is like heavy, kind of round a lot of the time, and and smooth, which is just like it seems like a killer combo for chopsticks. I feel like a regular M&M would be worse because the shape is less; it's more saucery. Maybe so, like you have, and they lay flat, right? That is so true. Maybe that is worse. You have to like tilt you have to eat more of them to, to be satisfied, so you have to work even harder. <laughs> All right, we're way out in the weeds. We got to roll this one up, man. I'm gonna <laughs> burst. I'm about to burst uh i've been drinking too much water anyways thank you for checking us out and sticking around till the very very end if, if you've made it. you've made it you've arrived if you're wondering where you can find more of this delightful content you can head on over to mtgconflux.com you can also find us on facebook and twitter under the same name you can check out our video content including this very own podcast right here the one you're listening to you can watch it live in video on our youtube page uh, you can also support us and join the MTG Conflux community at patreon.com slash MTG Conflux or by buying MTG Conflux shirts and swag on redbubble.com. Check out the links on our Facebook and Twitter pages. And if you have any suggestions or comments, please reach out to us. We'd love to read them, even if there are opinions about snack foods that you disagree with. <laughs> Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around and we hope you'll join us in the next one. 